Welcome to the Coach and Doc podcast, hosted by Coach Chris Cutcliffe and Dr. Hunter Taylor. Our mission is to bring you insight from the best of the best in the coaching profession. If you'd like to learn more about the work we do at Coach and Doc, please visit our website, www.coachanddoc.com. Thank you so much for joining us on the Coach and Doc podcast. Our next guest is Coach Marcus Woodson. Coach Woodson is set to begin his first season as part of Coach Mike Norvell's staff at Florida State University as the defensive passing game coordinator and defensive backs coach. Coach Woodson spent the 2018 and 2019 seasons as Auburn's defensive backs coach and recruiting coordinator. Coach Woodson's previous stops include Memphis, Fresno State, Charleston Southern, and Millsaps. As a player, Coach Woodson was a two-year starter and a big part of one of the most successful eras in Ole Miss history, helping the Rebels win 10 games in 2003. Coach Woodson played his high school ball at Mississippi Powerhouse Moss Point High School and was a part of two state championship teams. Coach, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Chris and Hunter. And we're fired up about getting you on here. Uh, obviously, I've known you a long time, so I'm, this was you know, an easy pick for me to, to have somebody I know so well and know what kind of person you are. And, and we look for people that do things the right way and can certainly know that to be true about you. Um, so, first of all, I would love to hear about some of those famous Moss Point versus South Panola battles that you were a part of as a player. <laughs> yeah, so we, we had three head-to-head -head <laughs> battles throughout my high school career. We played in my 10th grade year in the state championship. Uh, we ended up winning by three points that year. Uh, I think wow. the score was 27-24 to 24 to be exact. Uh, my junior year, we beat them in the state championship again. Uh, and we beat them 17 to 14 uh, that year, which was three points again. And then my senior year, uh, we went up the first game of the season, non-conference game, and played them in South Panola uh, and beat them 34 to 31. So I was 3-0 three straight years against South Panola and, and won about three points each and every contest. So. Uh, and it was always fun because, you know, obviously we had a few guys from that team that ended up signing with Ole Miss the same year that we did. Uh, so we were able to build some friendships uh, within the rivalry and, and had some good memories to share about it. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Chris even mentioned this to you. We had a clinic not that long ago, and uh, Coach Ricky Woods, he came and, and spoke at it. <laughs> And uh, just uh, – I had never heard him before. I mean, Chris, obviously, is good friends with him. Uh, I was rolling in my seat when he was yeah. just telling the different stories. And uh, he, he was a trip, man. Yeah, had had a yeah. lot of success at South Panola. Uh, definitely. Yeah, it, it was like one of those deals where even though in the midst of his humor, you can tell uh, he knows what he's doing and, and he's got a plan. So uh, it's cool that you had so many epic battles with them. Absolutely. Uh, well, first off, congrats on the new position at Florida State. That's huge. Uh, I know Thank you've you. got to be thrilled, you and your family. Yeah, um, it, it's a great opportunity for my family. And I, you know, I was mm -hmm. one of those kids that grew up always wanting to play at Florida State. Uh, yeah. On my walls as a kid, it was Deion Sanders with Florida State or Michael Jordan with the Chicago Bulls. And uh, mm -hmm. you know, obviously, I never got recruited from Florida State. And Chris' dad twisted my arm and got me to Ole Miss, <laughs> instead, uh, which well, which was one of the best decisions of my life. Uh, I wouldn't change a thing if I could. Uh, but it's a surreal moment for me to be the defensive back coach at Florida State as a kid that grew up wanting to play here. 
and a huge yeah. responsibility as well that I look forward to the challenge of being able to, uh, you know, meet the standard that's been set here a long time ago from a defensive back perspective. And uh, mm -hmm. you know, so I just look forward to, to getting back to that standard and even exceeding mm -hmm. it. And uh, this is a special yeah. place with a lot of tradition. Excited about the opportunity. No doubt. Well, I feel like we've got to ask this just because this is such an unprecedented time. Like this is a once in a century moment we're going through right now. So you being new, part of a new staff, and you're getting to know players, like what types of things are like you and your staff doing to build relationships with players when you can't physically be around each other and you've got, you know, people in different locations? Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. Uh, and that's a challenge for us right now as a first-year staff. You know, we uh, we were just getting into a really good groove uh, into spring ball. We got three practices out of the way, uh, and we were going to conclude it once we got off of spring break. But that's when all of this came about. And mm -hmm. you could see the relationship starting to truly build uh, because that was a time when we were – in place but on the road recruiting and we hardly ever saw our current players and finally after signing day we were able to to have a little break with the vacation and once we got back in the office our number one priority as a staff was just nurturing and developing relationships with our current players and we were able to cover a lot of ground in a short period of time but as i mentioned as soon as we went to spring break uh unexpectedly we we we've been on this lockdown and hadn't been able to have any in-person communication with them but i think we got a really good plan when it comes to uh taking advantage of technology and being able to bond with our players as much as possible um uh, still being efficient as far as building relationships but also we're still in the install phase you know being a, a yeah. first staff so we're creatively uh, building relationships, installing, and still creating a mindset. So when I say install, it's not just the scheme of things. It's also the mentality and the mental toughness mm -hmm. that comes from, with it. Uh, you know, so it's a huge challenge. Uh, I, I, I turn it to the players as if, you know, this is going to be more positive than negative. Uh, and mm -hmm. we're fortunate to have a, a, a group that I've seen mature over the course of these circumstances with the virus. Uh, you know, so at the end of the day, we got to control what we can control, uh, do our best to, to be pros and not let the thing that we can't control or the things that we can't control impact us emotionally. You know, so mm -hmm. knock on wood, so far so great with the players as far as handling responsibilities on a day-to-day -day basis as if we were on campus, because that's still the standard right now. Uh, mm -hmm. But it is a little tougher, obviously, having to do it remotely from all different locations. No doubt. So, you know, kind of building on that, <clears throat> you know, you've been at uh, Auburn recently. We mentioned Memphis before. So, you know, you've come in to a, to a new group, a new room, you know, uh, several times at, at some high-profile places in the past few years. So what's your process for that you kind of put in with your unit and trying to establish the culture you want with your DBs? You know, can you kind of talk through that? initial phase that you go through with your guys? Yeah, well, the, the, the first thing is just uh, developing those relationships, the personal relationships to where they know me as Marcus Woodson and my family to go along with it and vice versa. Uh, and then after that is just uh, being able to individually come up with a, a, a plan as far as the goals that 
each player have in front of them and making sure each day that I hold the individual player and then the group, uh, hold them accountable for what they want to achieve and just make sure that their work habits uh, and daily decisions reflect the goals that they have. And, and every single day, I want each and individual player to, to, to be the best version of them. And as long as you do that, then, uh, you know, we're doomed to be successful. Uh, 99% ain't good enough. It got to be 100% because 99% of Marcus Woodson is not the best version of me. So making sure that I show up and be consistent every day with working towards whatever that vision is, whatever that goal is that we have as an as a individual and as a unit and then as a team collectively and just making sure that we maximize each and every day. So, you know, for me, it's all about relationships and then just holding the kids accountable based on what they want to achieve throughout their days at Florida State. And, you know, once the kids, you know this, Chris, and I learned this from Coach Cutcliffe more than anybody, uh, they don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And if I walked into the room and I straight started talking about football, then they know I don't care, right? So, you know, at the end of the day, I just make sure that I let them know that uh, it's about helping them be successful and not just making it to the NFL, about being better husbands, being better fathers and citizens in the community when they leave us and uh, just being successful and having a plan in place without football, you know? So uh, I just want each kid to be the best version of them every day and I'm gonna hold them accountable to make sure that that's the case. Hmm. Coach, you mentioned this earlier, just about uh, how much you you respected and, and loved Florida State football when you were younger, had a poster of Deion Sanders on your wall, all that kind of stuff. I read an article prepping for this interview and it mentioned how when you first arrived at this current tenure, it, it mentioned uh, you meeting Mickey Andrews when you arrived at Florida State this time. And I know a good amount of our listeners are going to know who Coach Andrews is, but for those who don't, who is Mickey Andrews and why was that meeting so special to you? Yeah, well, uh, Mickey Andrews, for those that don't know, he was the longtime defensive coordinator and defensive back coach for Bobby Bowden. Uh, and, you know, I give him a lot of credit for uh, building Florida State into Florida State as far as the, the golden days that, that we're all aware of. Uh, you know, he, he, he coached Deion Sanders. He, he coached Terrell Buckley. He coached all of the great defensive backs that played here. Uh, and as I mentioned earlier, he wanted I wanted to play for. So it was interesting. The first time I got a chance to meet him, we introduced ourselves. And the next thing I asked him was, Coach, why did you never come and recruit me? <laughs> so, uh, for, for he and I, that's a running joke right now. Uh, I actually had a chance to touch bases with Coach Andrews today on the phone. And, you know, it again, it was another surreal moment just having a chance to be introduced to the legendary defensive back coach, defensive coordinator for a long time at Florida State. And I was introduced as the defensive back coach at Florida State now. You know, so for me, that was a huge honor. Uh, and he's a dear friend of mine. Uh, I'm glad to be able to have, uh, you know, just access to pick up the phone and call him whenever I need. Uh, because of the just the knowledge, the the wisdom, and everything that comes out of his mouth every time we speak, and how much I learn just by having one conversation with him. 
So for me, the last practice we had, uh, he was actually able to be at practice that day. And I told him, I want you to critique me and, and see what I can do better as a coach and then also critique the players. And, uh, you know, once practice concluded, he was a part of the defensive back circle. Uh, I let him interject his thoughts and what he saw at practice that day as if he was the secondary coach. You know, so uh, just for me, man, to be sitting in the same seat that he once sat in is a, a huge honor and a privilege. And uh, I'm fortunate to have him, as I mentioned, as a dear friend that I could pick up the phone and call at any time. Well, yeah, that's what you just said about, you know, asking for feedback from him on you. That that says a lot about you as well, because uh, you can't have an ego getting in the way, you know, when, when you're opening yourself up to, you know, hey, I, I'd love to get some feedback from you on what we got going on at practice. And, you know, that that's big time. That's leading by example, I think, with your players, too, you know, when you're you're seeking to get better. Um, love that. So kind of shifting gears between the three of us, uh, we could put together a pretty impressive football team with all the boys we have running around at our houses. Um, so I know for me personally, growing up in a coaching, uh, teaching family had a tremendous impact on me. Uh, can you talk a minute about uh, you know, about that, about your role as, as dad and balancing that with being a coach and, and just talk about that. Yeah. Um, well, uh, coaching is what I do. Uh, it's not as much who I am. I'm, I'm a husband. I'm a father. And, and I am a coach. But before that, I'm, I'm, I'm a husband and a father, without a doubt. You know, I, I, I preach a lot about keeping the main thing the main thing for our players. And I'm fortunate to coach in an environment to where you're encouraged to have your family around, uh, you know, so my wife and kids love being around. So my players get a chance to really know them on the first name basis and vice versa. Uh, you know, but but the main thing, Chris, is I believe in being where your feet are at, you know. So when I'm at work, I'm at work and I'm, I'm all in without a doubt. Uh, but once I get home, uh, my work is secondary and, and me being a husband and a father is primary. So, you know, I, I, I dust my feet off every day before I go in the house and I don't bring any issues that was at work home. And I don't take any issues that may be at home to work, you know, and I just try to find that balance uh, with making sure that once I get home, uh, you know, I'm going to bathe the kids and, and have a chance to do do reading time, quiet time with them before they go to bed. Uh, and then, you know, I'm going to spend some time with my wife. Uh, I owe it to them to, to make sure that I take time out of my day to be that. And, uh, you know, at the same time, uh, you know, be the best uh, coach and mentor to my players that I could be as well because I'm always av available for them also, uh, you know. So, uh I, I watch your dad a lot, man, Coach Cutcliffe, throughout the time when, when I was a player. And uh, I had no clue at the time that I would be a coach. But just being able to see him and how he was able to do things the right way really taught me a lot uh, once I did become a coach based on what I experienced watching him. That's great. Um, <clears throat> coach, mentorship is, a, I think, a reoccurring theme in our questions when we have people on. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to try out, I'm going to try out a hypothetical question. Um, you've coached at six different places, six different colleges, mm -hmm. played at Ole Miss. You were part of state championship programs in, on the high school level. So here's the hypothetical. So you see this a lot of time, I think, in like basketball where like a new head coach 
takes on a job and they bring along an older mentor in like a special assistant role. And they provide both counsel and, and advice to this person. It, it works a lot of times because that relationship is so strong. There's like this mutual respect. And a lot of times it's like the person that coached, you know, the head coach kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so the, the hypothetical is this, you know, as you're kind of thinking through when you get your spot uh, to be a head coach, if you had to hire one of your former coaches and or someone you worked for, uh, to be this role for you, who would it be and why? Yeah, I, I have two hires that I have to make. Uh, and okay. this is going to be the same answer to a question I had a few days ago. The same question. Uh, the first one, and I'm not just saying this, Chris, because it's your dad, but it's, it's Coach Cutcliffe. Uh, yeah. he, he was a father figure to me uh, as a player. And he still is up until this day. And anytime I need some major advice that's going to impact my family and I, that's the first guy that I pick up the phone and call. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so I really value his opinion. Uh, he's been a highly successful head coach. And, uh, you know, I value his opinion just on life in general, but for sure when it comes to coaching as well. So, he is someone I would definitely try to hire once he retires from Duke. Let me say that. If that's mm-hmm. uh, the <laughs> next one, the, the next one would be uh, Mike Dubose. Uh, he was the head coach yeah. at, at Millsaps when I had the chance to work uh, at Millsaps for those four years. And, you know, the reason why is simply because I, I worked side by side with him for four years and, I had a chance to see exactly what Chris just asked me, how he balanced out, you know, being a, a husband, a father, and, and being a successful head coach as well. And, uh, you know, just with his background, with his knowledge, uh, he's a, the, the, the most defensive-minded head coach that I've ever been around for sure. Uh, I just got a lot of respect for those two. And based on their experiences, I definitely know they will have answers to help me when I get involved with situations that I need help on. So uh, those would be my first two hires without a doubt. Great answers. Yeah, coach, you've been, you, you've been around uh, some good ones when, when, you know, when you look at the places that you've been, the stops you've had along the way. And I wanted to ask you about uh, one person in particular, it was your coach at Moss Point, you know, so as a Mississippi football coach, I'd love to hear you talk for a minute about coach Jerry Alexander. Wow. Wow, man. I tell you what, uh, I'm at a loss of words just thinking about Coach Alex and, you know, how much he poured into to me to be the Marcus Woodson that I am today. And, uh, you know, I, I saw the impact that he had on us as young men coming from Moss Point and just the impact he had on the community as well. Uh, all I can say is, wow, man. I mean, he, he poured a lot into the community, into the city into each individual player that he coached. And uh, he was the best manager of a coaching staff and football team that I've ever been around. And uh, he was a man of very few words, but when he spoke, you stop and listen. And he's someone that I still call and keep in touch with uh, on a regular basis as well, man. So uh, as you mentioned, uh, I've been fortunate to be around some really good coaches throughout my uh, college days and coaching days. 
but it started even before that with my high school coaches and even Pop Warner as well. And Coach Alex, he was a huge influence on on me and, and still is to this day. That's awesome. Uh, I got the chance to hear him speak uh, not too long ago, and that was the first time, you know, I'd ever gotten to hear him, and it was it was awesome. And, uh, oh, wow. you know, hearing some of his stories and experiences and, you know, certainly one of the best to ever do it in the state of Mississippi, uh, no doubt Absolutely. about that. Yes, sir. Um, well, Coach, and this has been awesome. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to finish now with a, a rapid-fire closing round. Okay, I'm going to okay. ask you a couple questions. So you All say right. the first thing that comes to mind, just quick answer, first thing. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Name another current DB coach you really admire. Uh, Derek Ansley, Tennessee. Your favorite coach of all time. Jerry Alexander. Favorite venue to play a football game, and you can't say you're now your new home football stadium. Ooh. The favorite one to play a game in. Oh, I, w- I would have to say LSU Dev Valley on a Saturday night. Ooh. There you go. Uh, best player you've ever played with? Best player I've ever played with. Um, ooh. This is one of many, but I, w- I would have to go with uh, Deuce McAllister. Uh, you know, just overall, he was a really good player. Best player you've ever coached? Best player I've ever coached. Um, really good question. Uh, I would say Noah Iganotny. He He's a corner from Auburn that's coming out this year. Good stuff. Hey, you were great right there. Nailed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> good. And, and I, I said Noah because I was trying to think, does it have to be my position? It was two other guys right. that came to mind that wasn't my position. One was Derek Brown, who is the D lineman that's coming out at Auburn this year. And the next one was uh, Anthony Miller, who was the receiver from Memphis that's now with the Chicago Bears. You've been around some great ones, there's no doubt. Absolutely. <laughs> no Absolutely. doubt. Well, man, Coach Woodson, this has been great. Thank you so much for joining us. It's been fun, uh, you know, and thank you for, for the work you do with young people and what you do and how you do it. I appreciate it, Chris, man, and thanks for having me, Chris. You and Hunter as well. And any time that I could do anything for you guys, man, I would love to, to be of help any kind of way that I can. And don't hesitate to call me if you need anything, okay? You got it. Same Absolutely. Man. All right, man. God thanks bless so much, you guys. Coach. Stay out of harm's way and hope you and your family stay safe. Thank you so much for listening to the Coach and Doc podcast. Uh, We know there are a lot of podcasts out there, so we're grateful that you chose ours. If you'd like to learn more about the work that we do, please visit our website. It is at coachanddoc.com. Thanks again.